We're back, everybody. Refreshed, revitalized, rejuvenated, bold, and beautiful. The Mafia is here for 2021. It's only been a few weeks, but, you know, Antonio Keenan and Eric are back with you. What's going on tonight, fellas? Feels a lot longer than a couple weeks. What was our last a show lot. right before the Super Bowl? It's been it's been a it's been a month. So yeah, it's yeah, pretty, it's been yeah. a while, but excited yeah. to be back. Feels a lot longer. Right. Than a month. Feels yeah. a hell of a lot longer than a month. But uh, like we said, needed a little bit of a refresher. Tried to get rejuvenated. Got some research done. Ready to grind with everybody. Uh, like I said, 2021 is here, so it's time to talk rookies. It's time to recap the season. It's time to figure out what to do for the non-point scoring season. Uh, and tonight, that's uh, that's what we're going to do. We're going to go over our top 12 uh, consensus run- running backs. We're also going to recap uh, the rookies, kind of previewing the sophomore running backs. Uh, other than that, kind of recap a little bit of what else was going on. Russell Wilson talking about uh, some trade rumors again. Obviously, we know Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz was traded. Uh, Alex Smith getting dropped. Just a little bit of news a little bit before free agency is coming around in two weeks. So besides football, what? how's the last month been for you, fellas? Well, the Sabres suck. So that, <laughs> that's been really depressing uh, here in Buffalo, I guess. Um, another wasted season, another wasted uh, opportunity to win some games with Jack Eichel. So it hasn't been good, let's just say, since the Bill season has ended. Yeah, we've had nothing much to look forward to sports-wise, so uh, mostly just focusing on the family and <laughs> the fantasy research. Uh, like I said, just kind of, kind of getting it all in besides uh, besides just working. Uh, what about you, Eric? Got a little, little little name tag change there coming up with Big E. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, everyone calls me. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to change my name tag, switch it up. Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. My Twitter name is still my actual name, but rocking Big E on the handle. Going with yeah. it. Yeah, a little spicy this morning. Woke up a little spicy this morning. Clearly, I've had a lot of changes in the past week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, you you got a new identity for 2021. Uh, I I've been getting into that phenomenon, all the cards that have been coming back in, right? The sports cards, uh, not Pokemon, but we know some of our friends have been getting into that. But uh, like those box breaks. uh, Shout out to TKO Breaks, Tim Outhouse, and they're really great. But, uh, yeah, no, I've been getting a little bit addicted to that. So on top of my fantasy problem, my daily fantasy problem, now we got to deal with box breaks. And, Does your wife know how much money uh, you spend? I don't know if either of you. <laughs> hey, I'm, I, you know, uh, I'm really we, – we have plans, all right? Things yeah. – this is my hobby along with, you know, just funds, the fun yeah. hobby stuff. So we're pretty good. No, we, 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 <laughs> we keep it uh, budgeted, if you would say. I have that, yeah. you know, that fixed amount coming out of that paycheck every week. That says, uh, all right, I get to have have this for me. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you have four point six million dollars today? Like, like this no. second? Yeah, like this second. <laughs> Not today. Someday, hopefully. Well, well, someone bought uh, Luca Doncic's uh, rookie card uh, for four point six million dollars um, over get, the weekend. That's disgusting. Get out. Um, of here. Is it even yeah. signed or anything? Just, just uh, the card. I don't. I don't know if it's signed or not. But Probably I mean, not. I mean, the only card that's ever, you know gone for more is a um is a baseball card let me see if i if i could find it here uh mantle mickey mantle card sold for 5.2 million dollars and the third most was mike trout which sold for 3.9 million dollars not a lebron not a kobe not a brady not a uh 
and MJ, Luka Doncic, who played. Sure. You think you think Luka bought that card himself? I that's a great investment if you think about think it. Think about that. You hey, I'm gonna spend four million dollars on myself in two years. I'll sell it for six, make two million dollar profit. I mean that it truly is. It's the best way for an investment. And who the? I mean, I don't know who the. I don't know. Luke is awesome. Luke is amazing. But damn, that's that's quite the drop already. You putting him in that kind of category. Uh, but like I said, uh, we got oh, we got some people in the building. We got Clint. We got Alex. Alex. Hey, up, all right. Dude? Yeah, Mafia's back. Bring in the crowd. It's crowded uh, in here. It's a little crowded. But no, we were talking, Keenan, beforehand about pokemon yes sir what, what did you say i've never held a, i've never held a charizard card in my in my hands before ever i don't think i've ever seen one in person Shame on you. i think i think i've seen one remember at the mckinley mall they had like that pokemon store right by the food court when we were really young had all the cards yeah, and stuff phoenix had, arcade that was my yeah, spot phoenix arcade. yes sir <laughs> but, but but i think that's that's where i seen like i saw a charizard card behind the glass never got to hold it but yeah never Jeez. never in my life <laughs> it's an experience like no other i might who, who, who who's collecting pokemon cards on which one of our buddies so so i was talking well, i was talking to our friend our friend matt keen and i and i started getting in he was getting into sports cards back when the pandemic started so i was like you know eventually eventually i'll get into it and i finally started getting into it like i just said the last month so i finally texted him today and i'm like hey I need you to help me out with uh, all these cards. And he goes, yeah, man, I, I had to give up on that. I switched to Pokemon. <laughs> <Just like. laughs> so what are you doing with these sports cards? You're just sitting in a box. You, well, I mean, he's, he's still, he's just not going as hard, um, um, but you know, he said he had too much of a problem collecting them and not, not reselling them. And I said, whatever, man, if, if that's what Pokemon does for you, go for it. <laughs> I mean, so. if he has a Charizard card, I might have to hit him up just so I could hold it. Just so I could, just <laughs> well, so I could, Check this off my uh, bucket list. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna yeah. No, I'm gonna come. Uh, come bring you a Charizard so you can get get that Listen. experience. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, man. Let's uh, let's let's dive in a little bit to to some football. Uh, like like I mentioned, Russell Wilson. We, we know that there's been talks. Seattle's obviously not not going to be trading Russell Wilson, but it kind of came up today. Well, yeah, right. See, it kind of came up today. We got the closest to to a potential whatever you want to call it, some kind of action where the Seahawks confirmed that they have been fielding offers from other teams. And Jeremy Fowler from ESPN, he reported that he really likes Chicago. That is Russell Wilson really likes the Chicago market and wants to see what the bears are going to do in the next week to month in free agency to see if he wants to make a push. Now that that is, that's something you don't hear a franchise quarterback saying every single day. Um, and on top of that, the other three teams uh, involved would be the Saints, Raiders, and Cowboys. So one of those four teams listed on his wish list, we'll call it, don't have a franchise quarterback. How serious on a you know one to ten scale, ten being the most serious, do you think Russell Wilson is with this comment? 100% serious. He wants to scare the heck out of uh, Pete Carroll. I, I think you and I discussed this, that Pete Carroll should have been fired after this past year. How, how bad that? Oh my, my phone is blowing up. How how great Russell Wilson started off the year, and then they went back into that shell of an offense where they would hand it off to their running back, whoever it was, with all the injuries they had this past season. I mean, at one point we thought DK was the best 
wide receiver because how well that offense was playing and how well they were throwing the ball all over the field. And then all of a sudden, something happened where Pete Carroll said, I got to fix this defense. How am I going to fix it? I'm going to control the ball so this defense looks good. And so they tried to control the ball with, with passing. And and then also Russell Wilson, every time he drops back to pass, he seems like he's on the ground and picking himself off, off the turf. So I think he's 100% serious. I think if if if, if um, a trade came along with, from any of those four teams, I think he takes it. I, I I think it'd be horrible to go to 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 the Raiders because of that division and the quarterbacks in that division right now. But I mean, I think he's dead serious. It, so uh, all right, I, I'll semi agree that I think he is serious. Like I think it is a serious threat, but. In the end, what a week, just a week ago, he said he wants to play in Seattle and he wants to be there. I think what he's really saying is he's keeping an eye on what Seattle's going to do over the next couple of weeks and then make up his mind and not necessarily just the Bears. Because, you know, I mean, really, realistically, what Seattle, if they can figure out how to grab a line, uh, one or two offensive linemen, then, then Russell Wilson, he's going to be happy. I mean that that's really what he was complaining about to begin with. How do you feel if you're uh, how do you think uh Carr or the three quarterbacks in New Orleans, Breeze, Hill and uh who's the other guy? The, not Deshaun Watson. Who's oh, the other Dak. Guy? No, Dak and who's the other who's the other guy for the Saints that they signed last year? Oh, Jameis. Jameis, how do you think all those well, guys feel? Like, oh, Phil or not Philip Rivers, freaking um Russell Wilson it wants my job. Pretty much, that's what he's telling them. He could do that with with a hell of a lot of teams over the NFL, and and you know we're they're talking about uh, the Raiders that are talking about extending Derek Carr, so maybe we could shut that window if, whether that was for fun or not. And yeah, the Saints haven't openly come out. I mean, they they said they want Jameis back, of course. Um, no, not much Taysom Hill love, but <laughs> Russell Wilson's obviously going to be a lot better than Jameis Winston. And uh, Chicago, though, they have a lot of talent around them. And they have a defense that shows that they want to commit to the defense. They've shown that they wanted to commit to Mr. Trubisky. And, and the guy, we obviously know he's not going to do too much. So if Russell Wilson's seeing all of that, why wouldn't you want to go to Chicago? I can see it. I can very much understand it. Top of the wish list, that's just that's kind of kind of crazy to me. Um, but but I can Is I it? guess that's, like I said, I can Is see it. it. When you when you kind of put the pieces together. When you put the pieces together with, with the defense, uh, with with their young offensive line, they're going to tag Allen Robinson. They have Montgomery coming. They have Cole Komet. You know, they have a lot of pieces that Wilson likes. And Matt Nagy, he loves the quarterback. You as opposed to Pete Carroll, who loves the running back. And they're about to let their running back walk. Yeah. Right? Chris Carson's about to walk, yet they're committed to the run. Wilson yeah. is – if you put Wilson on the Bears – DJ Dallas. If you, if you put Wilson on the Bears – the Bears are better. That's pretty much a better Seahawks team. You're you're going from you know an average Seahawks team to a better Seahawks team from you know a few years back when when they had a good defense and a good offensive line and a healthy Chris Carson. So I I could see it. I think I think that's well, I, I I you know I said this earlier to you guys. There was a poll going around Twitter this morning. Who who's likely to get traded before Week One? Watson or Wilson? And I clicked Watson. I'm like, there's no doubt in my mind that, that Watson's going to get traded and Wilson's staying in Seattle. But as the day went on today, I'm thinking about it. I'm leaning towards Wilson. I think he's likelier to get traded be- or he's going to get traded before w- Watson does. 
Do you think they're both going to be traded this offseason? I don't know, man. I, 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 I don't think either of them get traded at the end. I think they both. I think I think they both stay at their their current teams. I don't yeah. think Wilson gets traded, but I, I don't know Watson. There's there's a chance they're gonna they, they're gonna they said they're gonna hold it until they get the best possible offer. They said there's no. They're not even listening to offers right now. They said yeah. I mean yeah. I mean yeah, you keep driving. If the one of them up. was getting traded, I'd I'd put my money on Watson. Yeah, they're just gonna keep driving the price up, and we're not gonna waste time on a Watson potential deal until, till we hear more stuff. Uh, but you know, the Wilson comment was really juicy, so I just wanted to pick your brains for a minute. So we'll go from Watson to Wilson to a trade uh, from Wentz being traded over to Indianapolis. Uh, I know that was a few weeks ago. We just wanted to put our two cents in quick. Uh, I just want a, a, a quick question, real fill in the blank. Carson Wentz will be a blank quarterback this year. Top what? Buddy, what? Buddy, he, he told me to go. Ahead. Uh, <laughs> I'm still top. Thinking. Top fifteen, I'll say. I'm I'm around there. I, I was thinking I was gonna say top ten, but I was like that's a little high. Um, if Philip Rivers can lead a uh, ninth ranked offense, I think Carson Wentz can do the same thing. Um, so I think they're gonna put up points. Um, and I think, I think, I don't think they're gonna be scared to throw the ball. Um, so I, I'm going to say top 12. So right around biggie. Oh, you're going to give him a quarterback one designation, huh? The top 12. So you're believing, is this, is this a combination of believing in Wentz, believing in Reich, the system? Like, do you think the 2021 is the Wentz we're going to keep seeing? I think it's the system. Yeah. I think it's going to fit perfect for him. So what I mean, part look, of, look what happened after, after Frank Reich left. They won a Super Bowl. I mean, he got obviously once didn't win it because he got hurt, but he he was playing. He was he had an MVP type year until he got hurt. Frank Wright leaves, and you know all the franchise Philadelphia Eagles franchise blows up into a million pieces. Yeah, I'm gonna and, be real. Sorry, Rick. sorry. I just I do did just want to throw out. I was just uh, looking. Did do we know what week Hertz took over? It was. 13, maybe? 12, I believe. Yeah, right yeah. around there. He played five games. I know. Oh, week two. All right. Yeah, okay. Because um, I do know through the first nine weeks, Wentz was a, a, a quarterback one. And through the first third. Sorry, yeah, for the first 12 weeks, Wentz was quarterback 11 this year. He was, but he was also throwing the ball some of the most in the league. So you kind of yeah. had to account for that. Miles Sanders had uh, – his own struggles, uh, at least in the running game. So uh, I agree with you, at least for fantasy-wise, it was good. But if you're now going to bring him over to Indianapolis where they have a run game, they have a good defense, are they just going to ask him to throw the ball 35 times a game and he just can't commit much turnovers? Now, Carson Wentz throws interceptions. So that's not necessarily something you could ask of Carson Wentz to do. But his MVP year, what was his, like 26-5, to I think, was his touchdown-interception ratio. So if that's the kind of player that Wright can get out, you know, a, a yeah. three to four to one touchdown interception ratio with, you know, maybe 4,000 yards. They can go 10, 10 and six, 11 and five. Oh, sorry. 11 and six or 12 and five. <laughs> Got to add it at 17. Oh, yeah. Come yeah. on. That's going to be rough adjusting to. But for oh, me, the, the mixture of Reich, um, I think they're going to add a wide receiver. Phillip Rivers, even last year, throughout the entire season, he was a uh, quarterback 18. 
Um, so, so for me, I, I definitely could see a top 15 finish for once next year. Yeah. Like so, I said, they were the ninth, um, best offense in the league this past season. So I, I, and you said rivers was 18. Once, once got to yeah. be a little better than, than, than that statue that they had playing quarterback this past year. I, I'm going to be happy to see him behind a healthy offensive line because I, I do think he is a good quarterback and a lot of people think he sucks. Um, but, but no, I, I do think he did, does have some talent um, and being right able now. to stay upright is, is going to be. Right now, final answer. This is it. It's your last decision before the season starts. Okay. Joe it's Burrow March. or Carson Wentz? No, it's Joe, a, Joe no. Burrow. <laughs> oh, man, Joe Burrow. Okay. For Dynasty? No, I'm just 2021. Who who do you want right now, Joe Burrow? I mean, we don't even know if Burrow's gonna play, so I guess I'd go once. I'll 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 take. Why are you shaking your head no? All right, no, that's fine. I was just wondering. Burrow gonna play? You know what? I'm sick of playing. If Burrow's playing, I go Burrow. Obviously. Okay. Oh, obviously. That's why I'm asking. I'm wondering about the obvious. All right, what about once it hurts? Uh, Don't. If, if Hurts if Hurts stays to be the Eagles starter, you're gonna go. If, if he stays to be the starter, I'd, I'd probably go Hurts. Honestly, I mean Hurts would probably be a top twelve quarterback for me. I don't I, I really. Mean, I was just gonna say. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I don't have to go through and look. But I don't know. I mean, and, and again, I'm not a huge Hurts fan. So yeah. I, I'm with Alex here. I preferred what I'm, but we're talking fantasy for fantasy purposes. I just. <laughs> that was <a> funny. <laughs> Sorry. Do you think Wetz will throw to Pittman anymore because he stole his number? Um, <laughs> yeah. Let me let me recap. Uh, well, you know, so Wentz goes to the quarterback whisperer and Frank Reich essentially, and apparently Jalen Hurts is going to get the wide receiver whisperer Nick Sirianni. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're letting Jeffrey go. They let Deshaun Jackson go. We're going to see what Rager can do. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm going to pick Wentz over Hurts. Yeah, with what we're going to go right now. Yeah, and um, Wentz struggled. Like he made some plays in the first couple plays, couple of games, but but the game he got pulled, he deserved to get pulled that game. Absolutely. He played so he played horrible. But I mean, if if Wentz was coming in to relieve him, it, it would have been fine. But um, who was the quarterback that came in? To yeah. uh, and, and again, who was the quarterback? Sam, do we know? Do we remember? For who? The last Sunday night game where they when they pulled Hurts, they brought in that no name quarterback. Yeah, it's a it's it's an Italian Danucci. No, that was the, the Cowboys. No, that's the Cowboys. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. But 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 like I said, it, if you're if you're telling me that Hurts is going to be the starter there for fantasy purposes, I'm gonna put him over over once. I'm just for right gonna... now. For right now, if, if if Indy does sign a wide receiver like like I expect them to, depending depending on who it is. Um, then it might change, but but you got to think the Eagles, their offensive line is going to be healthy. I expect them to add a wide receiver as well. Jalen Hurts will be he- or uh, Rager, Rager Rager will be healthy. Um, we don't know what they're doing with Ertz, um, but they're the they're hopefully going to be healthy. If they're healthy and he's he's starting all sixteen games, he's he's going to be good for fantasy. You know what I'm going to say? I'm just going to stay away from both of them. How about that? I like that idea too. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, speaking on. of staying, speaking of staying away from Washington football team, staying away from Alex Smith, letting him walk. I just wanted to mention that because I kind of feel bad for Alex Smith. Um, great story with everything he's doing, uh, but now I also feel bad even more so for Terry McLaurin. And I really hope, I really hope that Washington football team, which I think 
they're going to be keeping the name, if I heard correctly, Washington football team. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping they can get somebody in there, former Chlorin. Uh, do you think – I just want to pop this in here because I saw a comment. What are you talking about? They got a quarterback. Let's see. Tyler, you, you leave Tyler Heineke alone, dude. They I, might give him a chance. I'm telling you, he looked good in that playoff game where he beat almost beat Brady. <laughs> call me crazy, Brady. Yeah, I'll call you crazy. What about <laughs> Sam Darnold, though? Seriously, I know we're gonna have our free agent episode in a couple weeks, and we're gonna have our wish list. But I don't know. I just I'm kind of sad talking about McCorn not having a quarterback, and I really think Sam Darnold might be a nice piece Ron Rivera could deal with. I, I definitely like that. I just yeah, there we go. Nate Sutfeld. Um, Thank you, Alex. Thanks, Alex. I'm just I'm just I'm not I'm not completely sold that the Jets are going to go quarterback at two. Um, yeah, I think they could potentially even trade down and and just keep Darnold. I mean, I mean, may, I mean, maybe not. But if they don't, and they plan to trade him. I, I definitely do like Washington as a fit. Let's and talk I would about love that for McLaurin. I agree with you, Eric. I. Let's talk about the two quarterbacks that you, they could possibly take it to. They're not getting sunshine. They're either getting Zach Wilson or they're getting a kid from Ohio State. Um, Justin Fields. Like, yeah, Justin Fields. Are either of those two better than Sam Darnold right now? See, anybody and, – uh, would... and, and then my second question is, is there a guarantee that those two guys will be better than Sam Darnold in two years from now? No, I think Darnold's even younger than than Fields. Am I right? One of them are one of them are pretty. Darnold's still like twenty three, uh, but I, I agree with you. I, I mean, recency bias is going to say it's not Darnold because you know you have all the college scouts, you have everybody pumping them up, you got everybody comparing Fields to Lawrence, you got people with Zach Wilson over Lawrence. I mean, you're not going to win probably right now saying that getting by with Darnold, but. I still think the guy's talented. I still think he has the Adam Gase syndrome. It, it's if, just I want I want to see what he can do now. If if Washington got to the to the playoffs where they get, where they did with a recovering Alex Smith from the injury he came back from in the ages that I I mean honestly at this point in their careers I believe Sam Darnold is a better quarterback than Alex Smith. Um, before the injury, no, maybe not. But after Alex Smith's injury, yeah, at, at this current point in their careers. Darnold's twenty twenty three. Yeah, he's extremely young, uh, has a ton of talent, and and with all these other quarterbacks, we t- we like to talk about how bad their offensive lines were, um, but look at the Jets; their their offensive line was just as bad. So was everything else on that team, uh, exactly, and everything else as well. So and as well as the coach was the yeah, worst coach never- in the NFL. You you um, have a young quarterback, and just to finish on Darnold, you have a young quarterback, and you don't give him any talent with wide receivers, and then you bring in a Le'Veon Bell who was you knew was going to cause a headache. So I just feel like he wasn't given an opportunity. Um, but what do you think? You know, do you think Alex Smith might be a nice a nice piece over in Jacksonville? To yeah, you know, you know, Urban Meyer. Uh, you know, everybody's talked about that connection with him and Alex Smith. He loved Alex Smith. He coached him at Utah uh, back in college in 2003. So uh, I wonder if he'd be a really nice groom or veteran. Yeah, yeah for leader. Yeah. Or regardless yeah. of whoever they pick. Um, but yeah, we're taking, just, we're taking so, sunshine. If they don't take Trevor Lawrence, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what to say. But um, 
Yeah, they're, they're taking Trevor Lawrence, but I do so, like that. That's a good idea because he's he, he's going to be a backup. He's not going to be. And a he's a former number one overall pick too. He could you know give yeah. him the you know the that's what I was about to ask. Take it up all the pressure. Yeah, if you thought he'd be a number one, or I'm sorry, if you thought he'd be a starter or a backup. So Eric kind of answered that because I'm in the same boat as a backup. Yeah. Um, hey, we got uh we got we got a crowd, man. We got Pope's Jeremy Popolaris popping in the building, Mr. Famous himself, and then we got. Uh, you know, digs digs hopping in here. So hello, everybody. Appreciate the love. All right, let's slide right. over to uh our, our rookie running back. Well, sorry, sophomore running back ranks. Uh so yeah, we you gotta stop doing that. Yeah, you, you keep the habit. They're not rookies until not rookies yeah. until May, man. They're still rookies till then. Oh, uh, so, <laughs> uh first though, first, uh let's make sure you, you're following us here on Twitter at Dynasty Mafia underscore FF. Uh make sure you're finding myself at Antonio Denisi FF. You can follow Keenan at Keenan underscore 716 and Eric at his new handle at Spicy Bede Eric underscore FF. Spicy. Spicy Eric. And make sure you're checking us out on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash uh, Dynasty Mafia podcast. Please subscribe over there. Uh, so that's, that's all we got. We're live on Twitter right now. Sorry to everybody watching. Yeah. That's all, I say. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's uh, dive into our sophomore. Uh, sophomore rankings here uh, so we're gonna go over our consensus and then kind of just dive a little bit deeper into there with each of our 12 uh, we kind of picked the top 12 even though there might be a couple more that could be relevant it's just kind of amazing how many were relevant this year and will continue into 2022 to 2021 to be relevant uh, so you can see our consensus there at the bottom for those of you listening I kind of I'm just gonna read through them real quick uh, and then we'll we'll just dive into them from there so starting one down to 12 we have Jonathan Taylor cam Akers DeAndre Swift James Robinson JK Dobbins Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Antonio Gibson AJ Dillon Zach Moss Keyshawn Vaughn Michael P Ryan and Joshua Kelly so the first Jonathan Taylor, all three of us have him as our number ones. Uh, Shocker. There's really no competition right now. Yeah, I know I know. we kind of looked back at uh, ADP from DLF Dynasty League Football, and we looked at what there was in August and kind of compared to what we were looking at now. And we all know CEH was the number one running back. He was the talk of the town. Uh, he's a little bit lower than that for us right now. But uh, yeah, now it's, now it's JT. We we saw the breakout, we saw the expectation, and, and we saw what he was able to do. So everybody's really liking that. We're liking that, and that's why he's our number one. I don't think there's much more to talk on that one. Uh, Cam Akers is number two. This is where we're gonna get a little different because Eric and myself have Cam Akers at two, which I know is still I, surprising over Sub being over Swift over Ceh. But you got Keenan over here. Yeah, I'm James shocked. I'm two. shocked. I was shocked when I saw you. Um, you're. Your two rankings. I mean, the, the guy finished at RB7 in 14 games, guys. He had one of the best undrafted rookie seasons by a running back in history. And you guys are going to disrespect James Robinson? I remember a couple weeks ago, um, Antonio, you traded James Robinson. And after that trade, you were mad at yourself that you traded James Robinson. Kaija, I'm going to tell you one thing. I, I agree. I when I was doing these, looking at these, I feel like I disrespected him. It, oh, but, thank you. I mean, the kid, the kid had a great year on a horrible team. Who was his quarterback? Minshew. You're gonna disrespect him. I'm uh, whatever. But 
But I think it's right. I mean, I, I like the other guys ahead of him. Here's the it thing. Just... Here's the thing. Urban Meyer comes in, and Urban Meyer loves to run the ball. I know, you know, he is a college football coach his whole his whole career, but he loves to run the ball. In Ohio State, uh, his running backs totaled forty percent of of uh, touches. I followed. <laughs> thanks, um, thanks, Alex. But um. Why does he got to do that when I'm talking? But Somebody has to. Now, I think, Antonio, you you and I talked about it. Are they going to draft a r- running back? Yeah, they might. But, I mean, yeah. they might. But you can't take the fact away that he had this great of a season. If they draft a running back, it's going to be a sixth or seventh round uh, draft pick. Is Are they going to pull another rabbit out of, out of a hat and, and have another great running back like, like James Robinson if they draft one that late? I doubt it. I think Urban Meyer, when he saw his the the Jacksonville Jaguars, when he was looking at their team, there's three reasons why he took the job. Obviously, the number one overall pick was number one. Number two was the wide receiver core, one of the best on paper. If uh, Chanel can can develop and Shark can ha- have another a bounce back year because um, he had a pretty bad year last year. Number three was James Robinson. He had one of the best best seasons last year, and I'm. When I saw the rankings, I was very, very shocked that you guys did. I mean, you guys don't even have them at three. I what? have them behind the big five that were four. the big five before the season. When I sit there and I think, you know, would I rather have him over these guys? I, it, I mean, I, I'm leaning those those other five. Um, I just think there's a lot of question marks on the other and we'll get to them on on Swift, on Ceh, on Acres. I think there's a lot a lot more question marks on under those guys. Where Robinson, he was the only one out of those guys that proved that he can be a bell cow in the NFL. The other three either play behind behind a a one two or a two or three uh, running back core, or they or had they had injuries, or they just didn't. Produce when they when they had the chance I'm, to touch the ball. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right there. Go ahead. Yeah, because Robinson was one of the biggest free agent ads, right in the beginning of the season. Why he wasn't the starter in August? He wasn't even the starter come week one. I mean, he's a so starter. He didn't even, what's today? He, he's a starter March 4, 2022, or one, whatever the year is. He was, but it comes down like I keep you and I keep talking about. It comes down to pedigree. Undrafted free agent that didn't even become the starter on his team starting in September. He got there due to COVID. Had COVID not happened, Raquel Armstead would have been the starter. Now he came in and he did amazing with his opportunity. There's no denying on that. But Leonard Fournette also had 330 plus touches the year before. It's the same system. It was the same coach as it was coming over. They were going to feed that running back, whomever it was, they were going to feed them. Now he did well with the work. Absolutely agree. But who was the last undrafted free agent to do amazing before this? Not this amazing. Don't even start. It doesn't Don't matter about amazing, but it well, it was amazing from the standpoint of that. We're just unfortunately we saw it a little bit more frequent than we thought we would. But Philip Lindsay in Denver, he had over a thousand yards. And with that being said, now look at Philip Lindsay. They added Melvin Gordon. They still have Royce Freeman. You know, even Denver couldn't deal with that undrafted free agent. And that's not taking away from James Robinson. It's just his pedigree is undrafted free agent. So if Urban Meyer comes in and he's like, hey, you know, I like a lot of talent. I've been seeing it for the last 
X amount of years while I've been in college. James Robinson was not one of my guys up top there. I like what I'm seeing now, but if I can bring guy into my system that could be even better and he's more athletic and he's got more skill set than James Robinson, why won't I? I mean, and he showed that all last year that he he's I, athletic. I don't disagree with you. He is athletic. I'm just kind of saying like there is more. There's more to that, that there's a chance that they could use another pick in there because he's got Chanel, whom his his great slot receiver, he loves him. Maybe they'll grab Curtis Samuel in free agency. Maybe a Marvin Jones will come in. They have the money for it. They've already got DJ Chark. And, you know, the defense does need to get built upon. But in his mind, that offense will probably already have enough pieces. So maybe they won't grab anybody from Robinson. Maybe they won't. Like I said, if if they do, it's going to be someone late just for depth reasons. Um, But... I'll agree. He's he's the one person I I might regret where I rank him <clears throat> because he's not even in my top twelve like overall. In fourteen, but, I just want to say this we'll talk before about we move later. on. In fourteen games, he had thirty one red zone touches. Seventeen of them came in three games. So in the other eleven, he he barely touched the ball in the red zone. So that is definitely saying something. And you know when they don't have a better option in the red zone, like a quarterback being able to throw that ball. They're probably going to hand it off and be safe more often than not. Uh, and then when they get Lawrence, that, that might change a little bit. So hopefully the catches stay up. That's the thing. If the catches can stay up, that's going to be a really good thing for him if he winds up being there because he showed that he can make those catches. Um, all right. So number two for Keenan acres is two for us, Eric. Uh, why don't we talk about, uh, acres just for a hot second. Why do you have him over DeAndre Swift, uh, over CEH? Why, why you like acres a lot? Um, it, it's just kind of a mixture of everything, you know, even coming into last year, uh, you know, I know you agree with me, but a lot of people don't, but I thought he was extremely talented. Um, he was just really in a, in a bad situation, um, in college, uh, but he, he made the best of it, and and he proved that he he proved that talent this year at the end of the year and during the playoffs when he was given the workload, and you know with Matt Stafford in there, I think that offense is going to be even better. I think they upgrade the offensive line, and we could legitimately be seeing a Todd Gurley type of workload and potential production. Um, you know, I really I'm not I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility, and and you know I, I think he could push into the top five overall running backs uh um this year yeah i you know like we said i loved him too coming out of college he had a horrible horrible offensive line in college and and was able to produce so uh seeing what he was able to do now was not very surprising for us the catches is what scares me though like you just said you want to be top five generally those top five running backs need to have at least 50 catches we're talking ppr but they need to have 50 catches to be a top five running back and he only had Sorry, yeah. uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but do you? But I wanted to ask about that. Do you think Matt Stafford changes that? So yes. I think he's going to. I, I, I that's kind of like, yeah. So he had eleven. He had fourteen targets and eleven catches last year. The last three games, though, ten of those fourteen targets came in. So you saw the Rams starting to use him a little bit more. We obviously knew he became the bell cow uh, from that per se. But yeah, Matt Stafford. They threw Swift the ball so much. We know Theo Riddick was great. They had Reggie Bush. I mean, there was there's a history of pass catching running backs in a Matt Stafford led system. So I think McVeigh's who doesn't McVeigh doesn't throw generally to the running back very often since Gurley left. Uh, but I think I think with Acres now and bringing Stafford, there's the reason for that. He'll be the extension of the run game. Uh, so let's talk about DeAndre Swift for a quick second. 
being the third consensus for us, uh, <laughs> he had 10 total touchdowns and it just seemed like the guy barely even played. Uh, so he's a very, he's a very special talent, uh, coming out of college using Ohio state. There was questions. A lot of their offense was done in the shotgun. How well would he be able to do off of tackles? And I think he proved a lot of that, a lot of that wrong because, uh, he had almost five yards per carry. He had 57 targets and 46 catches. Uh, like I said, 10 total touchdowns. And, uh, since 1990, only two rookie running backs have had 45 plus receptions in fewer than 45 games played. Keenan, who is Oh, what was that? DeAndre Swift and Le'Veon Bell. Thank you, sir. Yes. So that's a good company. I was trying. Oh, yeah. to, I was trying. I was scrolling through my notes. I couldn't find it. Sorry. No, you're good. But but I was gonna say, and his coach um, believes he could be a 25 touch per game type of running back, which which I believe is that comment alone is what's what a ton of the hype is is driving right now. Are we talking about Anthony Lynn? Is there OC? Well, Muscle Man Dan Campbell and Anthony Lynn OC well, I think, both came in. I think that's the, I think that's something to talk about right there. I mean, I think Lynn came out and said the other day that he, that the, the Lions are done with the whole committee thing, and that Swift was going to get majority carries. If you look back at Lynn's career as a as a coach, he's coached some pretty good running backs, and he's coached a few thousand yard running backs and Fred Taylor and late LT and. LaShawn McCoy um, had a thousand yard season. Melvin Gordon had a thousand yard season. Sean Green had a couple. Yeah. I mean, oh, Sean Green. Yeah. Totally, totally forgot about that with the Jets. Um, look at Chris Ivory there, had almost a couple 900 yard seasons. I think you're going to see Swift be featured in, in their offense with Anthony, Anthony Lynn um, as OC. I think he likes to feature that. You know that one running back doesn't want a whole committee thing. I mean, if even if you look at Austin Eckler, he didn't this past year. He didn't get to um, a, a thousand yards rush, rushing, but but he got a thousand yards receiving. Or maybe in two thousand nineteen. I'm sorry, not not two thousand twenty. Yeah, but he would have been. He would have on pace when yeah, if he'd have been injured. So I think you know as much as if I was a you know a fan of of the Detroit Lions, I wouldn't be too happy with the OC hire, but if you're a fan of DeAndre Swift, I'd be very happy with, with the Lynn hire um, there. I mean, it's boring as hell. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we watched him. We watched him in Buffalo for a few years when we did have McCoy, which was great, but with Tyrod Taylor, it was just a really boring freaking offense to watch. So well, now they get Jared Goff. Yeah. What did you say? I, I forgot that he, you know, had a, had a year here after we fired. Was it? Yeah, a couple, he was our RB coach for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, when we had McCoy, so it wasn't saying much because obviously McCoy was great. Uh, but like I said, it was just boring offense. They they ran the yeah. ball a lot, uh, checked down a lot, and you know what? That's what I love. I'll take that with DeAndre Swift. So give me yeah. all of that all day. I won't, and I won't watch there? any of the Lions games, but I'll I'll definitely love to see those stats for Swift go up. <laughs> yeah, so that's our uh, consensus for running back. Uh, we're gonna slide back on down. Or he was our third. I'm sorry. James Robinson was our fourth. Uh, we kind of hashed out our James Robinson mix up sixth for Eric and I. Uh, DK Dobbins, number five overall uh, for us. Now, Eric, a little higher than uh, than the three of us. No, I'm sorry. Eric's a little lower than the three of us. No, Keenan, you're the lower one. What is wrong with you? You're the one that loves J.K. Dobbins. I do love J.K. Dobbins. I just don't. I love J.K. Dobbins. I loved. I loved. 
I talked myself into Dobbins being um, RB1 um, last year. Yeah, you did. I talked myself into it because of the type of offense that that Baltimore can run in the scheme that would fit perfect with J.K. Dobbins and kind of what offense they ran in college for him. But once again, Lamar Jackson loves to run the ball. And you still have Edwards there who they love him for some reason. They keep giving him the ball. And now that Mark Ingram's gone, I, I feel a little better, but I feel like it's still going to be a two running back committee there. And if you throw in Lamar, it's almost three. Sorry, I'm just yeah, um, I yeah. I mean, and and I want to point out that you know, I, I love J.K. Dobbins, so that, that's I'm really high on him this year. Um, he was my number one rookie running back coming in last year, uh, before the NFL draft. Um, and, and I'm upset that I faded him after it, but which I didn't. I guess I didn't really too much. He was still my number three after the NFL draft, but either way, um. They might not even sign Gus Edwards. You know, everyone's talking about how this is a two-back system and it's never going to be anything else, but they're going to keep him. They haven't had a running back that can handle a full workload. Maybe Gus Edwards can, but can he really do it at an elite production? Maybe not, but you know, the last running back that that they had that could was Ray Rice. You know, and and Harbaugh haven't hasn't had a running back like that since then and and now I think he does. And you know, we could potentially see a Ray Rice type of workload here. Um, and and if he's given that workload, he he's going to be amazing. I mean, if he's he going to be top five. If he is, I uh, maybe even the number one. He's going to move up in the rankings. Yeah, but the the thing that was impressive with him, he had nine touchdowns last year and 140 carries. Um, he that's that's the most touchdowns by a rookie with uh, fewer than 140 carries in a rookie season. And I mean, and, and I think he was top in the league for uh, yards per carry as well. I don't have that stat pulled up right now, but you're, you're correct. Uh, he was he was up there. Um, but that that's a testament, though. Like Mark Ingram, same thing. Mark Ingram had what double digit rushing touchdowns? I think the year before yeah. that. It's just the offense. It's what they do. And, and and as long as that's the Greg Roman system that they keep, which I think they might have extended him. I was kind of curious if he was going to leave this offseason at all. Um, my, my problem though is Lamar is always number one yeah. and, and, and like you were saying, it's, since Lamar is always number one and they're run first offense, which is nice, but if they start throwing the ball a little bit more, now you're getting the ball taken away even, even more so. And then if they still use a three running back, we'll call it with Lamar being one of them system, then as much as I love Dobbins, he's going to be capped. And that's, so, that's you know, question. I, so you're I, agreeing I, where I rank them now. So I have him fourth. Right now, I'm just kind of – it's because I have that feeling that even though they're, they're going to keep Edwards, like Dobbins is going to get the ball and he's going to be very effective. I just unfortunately think 225 carries might be the, the max for him. I think it's kind of like the Kamara situation that we had when Kamara first started where he got so many receptions and we said, just give him the ball on the ground more. Give him some more carries. And it took him a little while and eventually they did. So my hope is that's the exact effect with Dobbins. But instead of the rushes, it's I think passing him too because he can catch. I, I think the problem was is two years ago, you know they they just passed it to Mark Andrews and and you know they could pass anything to him and and he was great. Um, but they didn't really have that this year for half the games maybe because those teams were shutting him down. And I think this year they're going to add a wide receiver and try to make that pass game better, a little bit more balanced. Which is what what I think that t- gets taken away from Edwards and not not really Dobbins and 
you know, I think that could eventually move into Dobbins just taking over the full, full workload and being but, that that Ray Rice type of running back in that. But if they're gonna offense. if they're gonna throw the ball more and they're gonna add another wide receiver, doesn't that hurt J.K. a little bit? That's what Anthony was. Saying. Well, I'm saying it'll balance out the offense more and not be so run heavy. So I don't think they're gonna rely on Gus and Lamar as much as they were in the past. I don't think that offense probably it probably more concentrated just to like Lamar and running back instead of the three of them. Yeah. Um but, but let's think, move on. Ooh, yes. I don't think that I don't think that offense is ever changing. They've said it for two years now that they're gonna get a wide receiver. They haven't. Um they you know they could have kept Edwards and as their RB1 and and used and got a wide receiver at J.K. Dobbins' spot, but they decided to go running back. They are in love with running the ball. And until they prove us wrong, I don't think it's going to change. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Let's move on to another player who's on a team that doesn't necessarily run the ball first, Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Like we mentioned before, number one running back for a lot of people uh, coming in August into September. Uh, first round pick in a lot of redraft leagues. It, there was just a lot of hype on him. He was kind of treated like GameStop. I feel like for a second where he just got <laughs> inflated. he got inflated so high, and now his value just completely yeah. crumbled down like so quickly. And I that's, feel so bad. For him. I'm waiting for that to happen again so I could trade him to Eric. There you go. Uh, but well, the thing is though, let's talk. Let's talk about his production for a second because that first six games prior to Le'Veon Bell being traded for, right or picked up. He, he was on pace. This is a 16-game pace off of six games. So, I mean, take it for what you will. 285 carries and 56 catches. So, 341 touches. 1,819 8, total yards and three touchdowns. So, obviously, the big thing that steps out for you is the three touchdowns. Not, not a lot there, but we don't expect Kansas City too much to, you know, run the ball anyway because they throw a lot in the red zone. They have the best quarterback, you know, in the league. But – that's a lot. That's a lot of touches. That's a lot of yards. Do you think one, are they going to keep somebody around or bring somebody else in? Cause that's what they keep showing. And two, do you think CEH is going to be able to sustain 15 touches a game? Damian Williams coming back from COVID. I'm not worried yeah. about Damian. I, I'm the highest out of all three of us on Clyde. Uh, you know, I, I think he's got a ton of talent. Um, they drafted him in the first round for a reason. You know, I think, I think Le'Veon Bell was more of a a learning thing as well as, you know, more so because Clyde just, he he didn't have time to learn the playbook. A lot of these rookie running backs, which I believe a lot of them didn't come on until the end of the year because of this is just, you know, the lack of the preseason um, and and all that. They just didn't have the time to really fully learn the playbook, um, which then I think caused the, you know, the Chiefs third, they're Super Bowl contenders. They wanted to bring in a veteran running back um, for that reason, which only gave Clyde a year to learn under Le'Veon Bell. Um, I fully expect them to get the full workload and be the featured running back. How is there to learn? There's there's the playbooks. Yeah, I mean, I guess I mean just I mean, just just how to how to play things to do. You know, Le'Veon Bell is an elite running back in his prime, and you know there there's things he could teach him. Um, especially yeah. even with the pass blocking and, and just certain certain things in gameplay, you know. I mean I guess there there's things he could he let's, could learn a little bit. Let's not let's not forget that he had a good year this past year, guys. Like like Antonio, you said you know, everyone his value was so high and then the type of season he had, it kind of felt 
like he didn't have that great of a season. Uh, he since 1990, here are the rookie running backs with 100, uh, 1100 yard total yards or in in 14 games or less. Marshawn Lynch, Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, Fournette, Josh Jacobs, and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. That's six running backs that that had 1100 yards in 14 games or less, and that's a that's really good company to be with. Um, I do have him a little low on my list. I have him six, but the only reason I have him at six guys, it has nothing to do with, am I worried about his workload? Am I worried about another running back coming in to taking his spot? But I think the type of offense I can't see runs. I think the other, the other four or five guys that we named, I think their teams rely on, on, on their running backs a little bit more than, than the chiefs will ever rely on Clyde Edwards. And I guess, I guess last year I didn't realize realize that they can care less about the running back. You know, I I got I was you know oh the Kansas City Chiefs got Clyde Edwards he's my number one I'm taking him at number one overall or whatever. And where I didn't really think about the type of offense they run, I mean, they don't even like dump it down to him to their running backs. Mahomes takes the ball, runs around in circles, and throws it 30, 40 yards down to Kelsey or Hill or Watkins or whoever, and and I think that's that's the only thing that's keeping me. He's getting. I mean, he's getting a good good workload. He got a good workload. Um, and, and for me, I think his workload's only going to go up. You know, you got Travis Kelsey getting older. Mahomes' contract's going to fully sink in, and they're going to have to start paying him that that full amount per year. I don't know what they're paying him right now, but I think it's only like half the amount, maybe even less of what they're going to be paying him. Yeah. Um, I think they're you know they're going to have to make Clyde you know a bigger part of the offense and, and feature him more, um, you know, as the years go on. And, and he's currently the only running back out of this class that has that fifth year option. Well, like you said, like you said, Keenan with the catches. Yeah. Kansas city running backs do not get the ball. They only had 54 catches or targets as a team last year. So that is extremely worrisome. I already mentioned that 50 catch number is, is the magic number for a top five. So, you know, you're, you're really hoping to get top 12 production at least out of CEH. And if he can get 15 touches a game, uh, you know, that's going to put him in the 240, 250 range. And he's an effective player. He'll get over a thousand yards. That's great. I just, um, I just think he's capped because, like you said, Mahomes won't go for five yards. He's going for 50. Yeah. Um, all right. That'll wrap up CEH. Uh, we have a couple more. We really just kind of, want to grind into and then just mention mention a few and then we'll we'll get over to our top 12 uh running backs and and the reason why we talk so much about a few of them is because they are involved in our top 12 so killing two birds with one stone with that one uh antonio gibson is our number seven overall and i know we've had some polarizing conversations this last week about antonio gibson uh between the three of us and eric why don't why don't you start maybe with, with Antonio Gibson? What do you see this year? Do you see a JD McKissick being an issue? Do you see another running back being an issue? Um, and, and do you think he really could become a, a top, uh, an RB one? Yeah. Um, at the moment, <clears throat> he's not in my overall top 12. Um, but I definitely believe he's one of the ones that could ascend into that um, tier of running back. Uh, I guess you could say, because, he proved that he could take on the workload last year. I think again with JD McKissick, that was, um, you know, just how that offense was with Alex Smith, and they needed a veteran running back uh, uh, along with uh, Gibson. Um, 
And I believe Gibson had an injury, right? Didn't he get injured for a few games as at the well? End, at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he showed he he can play all three downs and, and be a workhorse. Um, and if they can get a quarterback in there, you know, the more I think about it, like you said earlier, Sam Darnold goes there. That could be a really good offense. The the thing I say that scares me with with uh, Gibson is, I mean, the total snap count was kind of way lopsided in favor of McKissick. McKissick had six hundred seventy nine, and Gibson only had four hundred forty five. I'm gonna need it flipped upside upside down. I need Gibson to get six hundred seventy nine yards, seventy nine um, snaps, and McKissick to get whatever. Um, I think I think out of that, I want to say. Because I saw this, I think there was about a hundred of those snaps. They actually were on the field together, and it was McKissick lining up in the slot. I could be wrong, or them like yeah. both in the backfield. It was, it so was it, Gibson, it was Gibson that, that lined up in the slot because he actually had twenty-two receptions from the slot this past year, and that's fourth, fourth, and oh, maybe maybe both of them. I maybe I yeah. I, I could I could be wrong, but I know oh, you're Gibson, not wrong. Yeah, Gibson would definitely line up in the slot, and it's that's that's the one thing. Where in college he when he when he played for Memphis he he definitely he almost looked like a like a trying to think of a good slot like a like a Cole Beasley type of player um, when he lined up in the slot even though he was bigger and and breaks off breaks tackles and stuff but he that's a that's also another plus with him so well, that's why I didn't like him yeah, he, well, used to, he used to be a wide receiver and when he was coming on he only had like a hundred career total touches. Yeah. But he had like I think like ten touchdowns off of that. Yeah. So his insane touchdown rate on top of not getting a lot of touches was extremely worrisome to me. Love the body, love the athleticism, love the skill set that he brought to the table. But it was like you needed to have the perfect situation happen. Yeah. And people forget a lot of people forget Darius Geis was there up until August. That was your you boy. Know, I I, I was so boy. hard on Darius Geis, so that's why that's why I missed the whole train on Antonio Gibson. I was looking back some of my drafts, like my my dynasty league that we did in May. Antonio Gibson was the fourth round pick. You look at you look at it, you know, in July and August, he's a second round, borderline first round pick. So you know, it, it, that's Anthony, another reason. Anthony's still taking Bryce Love and uh, and uh, <laughs> and uh, who, who's the other guy? That he just I really, <laughs> I really was, man. Darius guys, I just, I really didn't think Antonio Gibson was going get the opportunity he would and then be able to to stay you know in, in that yeah. tax so i hope he does i hope he can take the workload i hope that's what they do for him um he's my seventh running back as well as eric and he's your fifth keenan so um i hope yeah. a lot of good things there something broken tackles um after the catch this past the year guy too. is great and yeah. and rivera talked about using him like cmc uh, and Scott Turner's over there. I mean, North Turner's son, he loves throwing the ball to running backs. So if they really can get that moving, it, he's going to be scary. He really will. One, um, one last point before we move on. I know we're running low on time here, but they're going to have to change that offense up because they're going to have to get, a, obviously, a better quarterback than they had last year. So and they that, will. I mean, Alex Smith. Alex Smith was a dump down king. So yeah. that is the scary thing too, is that he did and, throw the ball a lot. And has who's who who's um was it not Haskin? Was that was it? Who's our quarterback to start the year? And he got cut from Ohio State. It was Haskin. Oh yeah, it was. He was yeah. horrible. So so I think that that whole offense is just going to have to. They're going to yeah, need <laughs> different scheme for that offense. He needed a new a new home. 
Uh, and, you know, Aaron Jones might need a new home, which is going to break through for our number eight, A.J. Dillon. Uh, let's let's talk about him real quick. He's our, our consensus number eight. He's all of our number eight. Um, it's kind of a bigger drop-off right after him. Well, it's kind of a bigger drop-off after seven, too. You know, after Gibson, you really kind of hit a, a, a Dillon territory, maybe a Zach Moss, and then everybody else will kind of fall through, which we'll talk about. So, uh, A.J. Dillon, the Green Bay Packers running back. Not much to talk about right now because Aaron Jones is still there, but he is – well, technically, he's a free agent. So, what they choose to do with him, we'll know in the coming weeks, but he's a big boy. <laughs> He's a big boy. You know, if if we're going to talk about, you know, as much as we hate Derrick Henry, and I loved Derrick Henry, that's why I don't know why I'm not too into A.J. Dillon because when Derrick Henry came out, I was like, get DeMarco Murray out of here, Tennessee. You're insane. I held that man for two years in Dynasty, and I finally gave up. And, of course, it was when they let the leash go. So, uh, you know, if that's what we're waiting on, A.J. Dillon, you got to keep stashing the guy, but. Until I think until I was, we see anything, I was the same way. Like I felt like when when I was watching his college tape, like he just was like this huge, slow, just beefy dude. But like when like, he was playing in Green, Green Bay, he looked completely different to me. He looked good. Like he looked, what? he looked like he had some speed and some power, and you know he was he was good. Um, and I I think he has definitely has a really good chance to. I, they're not they're not signing. Um, What's um wow Aaron Jones? They're not going to resign Aaron Jones at all. Um, well, we don't know that yet. I mean, it's wise. I don't. It's obviously smart to keep Jamal Williams as the pass catching and let AJ Dillon run the ball. But I mean, in the next two weeks, we'll find that out. Um, yeah, but did there? Uh, who was a general manager said we could we could franchise tag Aaron, Aaron Jones. Well, no crap, you could franchise him. I mean, he. I don't. I don't know if that was a clue or if he was just being. A jack, yes, but <laughs> it's. I think, yeah, I think they might have a defenseman they have to tag too. I could be wrong, um, or might want to tag, but uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what they want to do with Jones. Uh, he's he'll, very be the, he'll be a Buffalo just... Bill, he'll be a Buffalo Bill <laughs> in a couple weeks. Uh, Chris Carson could be a Buffalo Bill. <laughs> so, speaking of Buffalo Bill, Zach Moss, our number nine consensus running back, which you know, as you guys just said, that I don't know, but Keenan's got him at 11, Eric and I got him at nine, very much underperformed last year. And, you know, I was a person who was pretty low on him when the Bills drafted him. And then I got higher as the offseason progressed because, you know, they needed someone to fill the Frank Gore role. They found that person and, you know, he he kind of got that role. He just didn't do anything with it, unfortunately. The whole running running game really didn't progress much because Josh Allen uh, kind of showed the world he knew how to throw a football. Uh, so I, I think that was a big factor of that, too. But maybe... Uh, maybe maybe twenty twenty one could be a little better for that, huh, Keenan? They're they're draft the Bills are drafting uh running back or they're signing a running back. So sell Moss and sell Singletary. A S A P. You heard it here. Break, yeah, I would, I would agree. I, I think I think they I think they're gonna try and bring somebody in. Um uh, but like uh I still can't get over not not to go off, you know. I still can't get over the singletary drop in a Kansas City game. And that in that play right there, I'm like, they're gonna get a they're gonna get a running back. Because the Bills were up nine nothing and they could have went up, they could have scored another touchdown or field goal or whatever and and kind of you know kept the momentum on their side. But he dropped that play on second down and then third down and threw an incomplete pass. And then five minutes later, we lost. That's my little Very mini true. mini rant. 
I like the ramp. I like the ramp. That's that's as far as I got to go too. I mean, you, it's just get rid of him. Uh, get rid of him. Yeah, Lamichael Pirine. Let's talk about him, Keenan. He's your number nine. Um, I know he comes in at our eleven. Keyshawn Vaughn will be our number ten, but we'll wait we'll for Keyshawn he, Vaughn for another week or two. The only reason I got him at nine is who else is there? Right. You know, and and that yeah. That's that's kind of what I want to mention. I mean, because Aaron yeah. Jones, we were just talking about him. There's a chance Aaron Jones could go to the Jets. Yeah. Um, until he, then, you know, yeah. he could link up. Yeah. Until then, so so that's why the last four on these lists: uh, Zach Moss, Keyshawn Vaughn, Michael P. Ryan, Joshua Kelly, uh, just kind of guys that DJ just Jacks. You know, they're just a guy. DJ Dallas, he's a guy uh, over in Seattle. He's he's right yeah, now. Honestly, the, right now. Sorry, but right now I would actually have. I didn't even. Think of it now, but I should have fed DJ Dallas probably over uh, Vaughn and honestly over. I might have DJ Dallas at like ten right now until they bring somebody else in or resign Carson. Well, I mean, even with Vaughn yeah. though, if they if they let Fournette walk, you know, playoff Lenny was yeah. great, but I, yeah. I, you know, regular season Lenny wasn't so hot, so it could be Keyshawn Vaughn, and then we already know how they feel about Ronald Jones, so maybe Freddie he Law. progresses. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's there's potential there. It's potential. Joshua Kelly in San Diego uh, or Los Angeles. Sorry, the Chargers. Uh, you know, we saw he didn't really do too much when he got the workload last year with Austin Eckler injured, but he still shared the workload when Austin Eckler came. And, you know, with Anthony Lynn gone, we don't know if they're going to run that football 40 times a game anymore. Uh, we'll see. But he's still someone to keep an eye on. Um, like Keenan said, DJ Jalis is in Seattle. Oh, Lynn Bowden, another rookie over Miami. Not not doing too much. Uh, to go over Move there, on. uh, Anthony McFarland in Pittsburgh. You can keep an eye on him if, if you think again, not someone that did too much. Uh, but it sounds like James Conner is going to be walking, and right now he is next man up. Uh, they're not really gonna, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a Benny Snell truther, I don't know about you guys. I'm not Anthony McFarland truth, McFarland truther either. But are they gonna draft a running back three years straight in the draft? We'll see. Um, but that's gonna wrap up our running backs. Uh, sophomore running back recap. And since we talked about a majority, uh, at least four or five of them pretty in-depth, that's going to cover a bit of our, our top 12 uh, for our running backs. So let's shift over to that. A lot of running back talk today. But it's exciting to be back, right? we got to catch up. It's been about a month. we got to get back yeah. to the groove of things. Get in the I could have used, used another week or two off, but... <laughs> Yeah, I know. You got some articles you've been working on. I know you're, you're working pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Paragraphs. Um, speaking of articles, yeah, make sure you check out our website, uh, DynastyMafiaPodcast.network. Had some articles came out recently. Eric's top twelve. We had Darren. I wrote about Darren Waller a little bit. Uh, the truth about him. Um, and obviously, you can find our rankings should be up there. The truth. Uh, the truth, man. Truth or, truth. truth or dare. Oh man, we're not even, we're not even gonna talk about that right Don't now. Don't get me started. But go check go out the article if you want to hear Darren Waller. He's he's fa- he's faking everybody. All right, All right. Uh, number, top <laughs> number one, number one, CMC. Uh, I don't think that's that's too hard to say. Uh, he was a near five points better in PPR last season than second Elvin Kamara, even though he only played three games. I mean, when he came in and Mike Davis, we saw Mike Davis be really productive uh, as well. But CMC is just he's that next level. Uh, number two coming in, which is going to start our big a little debate here. Uh, Saquon Barkley. 
There's a little debate. Saquon Barkley, number two for Eric and myself. Keenan has him down at number five. There's no debate. That's a bit of hate, man. So uh, coming off of another uh, injury plague season where he he missed, what was it, the first snap? Did he get injured? Uh, no. no, second game he got injured. The second game. But with uh, Barkley, so, it's not yeah. just an injury. You know how frustrated all three of us were watching Barkley play in the first two games of the season? We're, we're yelling at how bad that offensive line is. Until they I fix that, until they fix that offensive line, I'm I can't put them ahead of Kamara, uh, ahead of Cook or JT. I know Kamara has that quarterback question, but I mean, as long as they have a good offensive line, I think Kamara's fine there. And it's not like an NFL NFL quarterback can't throw dump downs to Kamara and he can run 20, 30 yards on the field. But w- until they fix that offensive line, I can't put Barkley at two. I told myself last year that I that I kick myself for taking Barkley over Kamara. And still- I am not, I don't have any qualms with you at two. I have qualms with him at five. You got cook. Then you got JT and then you got Barkley. All, all, all four of those guys that I had there had better offensive lines. And what do you need to be a successful running back? You're talking elite of back. the elite right now though, man, this isn't, uh, Listen, I'll respect it. They're all good. I'll respect it. This can change in two weeks, three weeks. Barkley gets a lot of catches, though. Don't forget, 2018, 2018, number one running back, 91 catches. It was really frustrating being a Barkley owner last year. Oh, I'm sure being a Daniel Jones owner, being anything, any Giants owner was frustrating, but you put yourself through that misery making that decision. I mean, (laughs) I'm not making it twice, clearly. (laughs) Uh, number three uh, consensus is JT, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Keenan has him at four. Eric and I have him at three. Uh, we, we talked about him earlier. He just he showed everything he can bring to the table. Um, my, my concerns, you know, what I didn't mention, my concerns that I had for him coming out of college are the same concerns that I still have for him in the NFL. But he's going to get the ball, and those concerns being he doesn't break tackles. He's not very good at being elusive. He had fumbling issues, and he needed a great offensive line to perform well. I mean, he all four of those you saw happen. He still has a great line. He did have some fumbling issues. He didn't break almost any tackles at all. Um, and you know, he but when he breaks it, when he gets the hole, you're not stopping him. He's yeah. got that Derrick Henry speed, and he's a massive train. Uh, he's not going down, and that's why I think uh, at the age of 22, uh, it's pretty easy for us to have him in our top five, and it's pretty easy for us to have him at three right now. Keenan, why don't you talk about yes, sir? Are you worried about Hines at all taking away catches? Because he did, um, he did for for pretty much the whole season. That's yeah, he did. It was really the first half though, where Hines was at least fantasy fantasy relevant. He had a couple games the second half, but for the most part in the playoffs, they gave yeah. Jonathan Taylor the ball, and that's where I that's where it mattered to me. When it was on the line, Jonathan Taylor got the ball. He had, what, 20-plus carries, I think, in his last five games. Um, and and I think that 40 catches is pretty easy for him. So when I talked about that 50-catch number, I know I keep referencing, if if you have 40 catches but you're getting 250-plus carries, it's going to it's gonna make it work. If you can get near 300 touches, you've got a really good shot at being a top-five running back, um, and JT is going to be a top three. You have Cook at three. Uh, right before JT and right before Barkley. Are you worried at all about Cook? He's going to be 26. I know he's got that contract, but uh, you're talking about your offensive line. I know Zimmer's a run-first guy, but what if they get rid of Cousins? Is that changing anything for you? 
No, they just give the ball to Cook more. That helps. That that helps the situation, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, speaking of, we didn't talk about it. Now that you, now that um, now that you brought up Minnesota, but they cut up. They cut their tight end. Not to jump off of uh, tangent here, but uh, my boy Irv Smith Jr. Stock is risen. He stock is risen. He's having a good day, and he's gonna have a good week, and he's gonna have a good season. You know, I was looking actually, and I didn't realize he's still only twenty-two. He's young. Yeah, this this was his second year last year. Well, I know, but like you know, Adam Troutman's twenty-four, and you know, Troutman's somebody like, but he was a rookie. Um, so it's just, and it was just interesting. Hawkinson, I think, is twenty-four. But uh, he's been a couple years. Um, yeah, thank you for trading him to me, by the way. Yeah, you're welcome. Kamara, Kamara's number four. Keenan, sell me on Kamara being number two. He's number four consensus for us. Fourth for me, fifth for Eric. I just said it two minutes ago. Where were you? Yeah, I was here. But I just wasn't convinced, so I'm asking I, you to convince me again. No, I'm just kidding. Um, he, he's Honestly, <laughs> no, he's, he's a poor man's Christian McCaffrey. Who do you think had more broken tackles, Elvin Kamara or Jonathan Taylor? Jonathan Taylor, because you just looked it up, and you were quiet for five minutes. Anthony? I mean, it's going to be Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. It was I'm... Elvin Kamara. Oh. <laughs> oh, but, but Kamara had 19, Jonathan Taylor had 15, but, you know, Jonathan Taylor didn't get as much work. All right. No. No, but, he did not. No, he did not. I think why I have Kamara, too, like I just said, I think, I think he's a poor man's Christian McCaffrey. I really do. I think he can do – if if Christian McCaffrey can do what he's doing with a bad quarterback, I'm not worried about what quarterback uh, – what the quarterback situation is in New Orleans, especially with with uh, their, with uh, Sean Payton still at, as their coach. But how are you not worried about what you saw? Like we got – we have to take out that six-touchdown game because that, that just doesn't happen. I'm not saying take it out, like de-wash that, right, but – a six touchdown game just doesn't happen all the time, and it surely inflated his numbers. Let's talk about his fantasy with Taysom Hill. Five, 15, 15, 15, 53. But Hill, we just talked about there Hill. There was a 10 before that. We just said I know we Hill, talked about it. Hill's not even in the conversation about them, about being starting quarterback. But he's still there. That's the thing. He's still there, and Winston's not signing. They don't have another quarterback yet. So, I mean, at least for right now, it's just that's for me why he's number four. Uh, and and well, so well, I understand Breeze, where you're coming from. Until Breeze officially retires and um, <laughs> and, and, the Giants, and the Giants fix their offensive line, I'm not switching it. So go ahead. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about our first rookie. Our first rookie, uh, Cam Akers, coming in here at our consensus sixth. Uh, Keenan has him at eight. Uh, second rookie, sorry, yeah, JT. Um, first real rookie, I guess. We were just so set on JT being there. So uh, Cam Akers, we, we talked a bit about him. He's our number six. Keenan's got Zeke at sixth. Uh, Eric and I, I got him down at 10. Eric has him at 12. Excuse me, Keenan, I know it's an attacking for Zeke, you. not Akers. Yeah, it's for Zeke, sorry. Yeah, yeah. so I, I want to talk. Uh, Keep talking. Let me find my stat. Oh, it's all right. We'll, we'll we'll talk about Zeke in one more second because he's our eighth. Um, but I just wanted to mention how much higher you have him than us because we'll uh, talk about DeAndre. Well, DeAndre Swift is next. Uh, Keenan's got him down at 11. Eric and I have him at 7. So we kind of inflate that a little bit. We obviously talked a lot about Swift. Uh, but Zeke, Keenan, coming in at number 8. Uh, like I said, I have him at 10. Eric has him at 12. 
why are you keeping the faith in Zeke right now? Dak Prescott being hurt. And uh, there's this, there's this a little analytic stat that um, I don't know if I can mention these guys, um, but I will. Pro Football Focus runs expected points. He was number four. Um, expected fantasy points. He was number four. Out of all players, or just running out of backs? All, out of out of wide receivers, tight ends, and and uh, running backs. Ahead of him was Alvin Kamara with three hundred seven point one expected points. Delvin Cook at two hundred ninety four. Stefan Diggs at 286, and then Zeke at, at 281, right behind Diggs. You know, the big issue that I had with Zeke was when Dak wasn't there, he had one game where he had a touchdown. I mean, I want to say, wasn't Zeke one game where he had over 100 yards, too? I, you know, he, he, I don't know what it was. But he was getting a lot of carries, and he was not getting 100-yard games. And I know, like, 99 yards and 100 yards isn't a big difference. But when you're talking about someone like Zeke, who's been near the top leading the league in rushing the last couple of years, you're kind of bringing that expectation he's going to get you 100-yard games. And I'm just pulling up right now to double-check. He had his first 100-yard game in Week 11 and only had one more after that. But, yes, after Week 5, after he had five touchdowns through five weeks, he didn't have another touchdown again till week 17. And I understand Dak Prescott was gone, but that's what scares me is do you rely on Dak Prescott that much? Because if you do, I don't think what we saw from Dak is what's going to happen. I mean, for, for goodness sake, the guy had quick math here, 25 catches in his first five games. I mean, I don't think you're, I don't think you're relying on Dak as much as you relying on a average quarterback. Didn't, didn't they have some injuries on the offensive line as well? The line was injured. You had, yeah, you, you know, Tony Pollard came in and looked really good. When when you have uh, Matt Denacci or Denici or Denisi, whatever his name is, playing quarterback for for um, the Cowboys after Dak goes down, what are defenses going to do? They're going to load eight in the box, stop Zeke, and then and then hope that you know their cornerbacks can can stop. Matt Denici or Denisi from um, scoring. Ben, De- ben Denucci. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> exactly my point. It it changes the whole defensive scheme when you're when a franchise quarterback goes down and then you bring in below average quarterback to replace him. Andy Dalton did come in. Yes, is he is he Dak? No, but is he a little better? Obviously, yeah. But I still think if you have a better quarterback, you help the running back out. You do, and a conversation for another day is if Dak's going to keep throwing the ball 50-plus times. But if that's going to happen, you had Dak throwing. They almost were running 75-plus plays a game. They were running the, some of the fastest plays in the NFL, which is fine. I just I can't see Dak throwing the ball 40-plus, 45-plus times a game and then Zeke getting his 25 touches a game. That's, and, there, I, I mean, I'm hoping that's going to continue because that's what he's done. They were down with scoring. the amount of money they have tied into the offense, they might have to because they're not going to be able to build that defense. They up. were down. They were down like 30, 40 points. At, at They're point always down in those games. No, not they, not that much. No, I know. I agree. But I, like I said, I, I really want Zeke to do well. I love him. I do. I know me having him at 10 is just, it's pretty low. But I am believing that the other players ahead of him are going to get near as much work with better production. All right. We'll talk about All Zeke. right. Yeah. We'll talk about Zeke. Number nine, Nick Chubb. I think it's pretty self explanatory. Uh, maybe to have Chubb at least where we have him because, like I said, it is PPR, and Nick Chubb is not. 
let me put you on a hot seat. You got Miles Sanders at nine. Why do you have Miles Sanders at over Chubb? We didn't get that far yet. Just talk about it. <laughs> but I do. Yeah, I, you know, you have him nine, Eric has him eight, and I have Chubb 11th. Uh, again, PPR, so he doesn't get many catches. I have said this many times again. He is the best pure runner in the NFL. I will never dispute that. But I need you to get some damn catches, Chubb. I need I need freaking Hunt to get out of there because you can catch the ball. But I can't. you can't rely on him. So he is an outlier when it comes to running the football. I think I can't remember correct, so I apologize, but I'm going to be pretty close. I want to say Derrick Henry had like 19 runs of 20-plus yards. I think Chubb had like 14 and 130 less carries than Henry. So he had five less runs of 20 plus yards and a lot of carries less. So he is a fantastic running back. That offensive line is great. Cleveland wants to run the football. I, I just, I, you have to rely on him to get 15 to 20 touches a game and to be able to break those and then hope that Hunt's not taking from it and then hope that Baker Mayfield's not having a game where they're throwing it. So, but you, I, 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 I looked, I went, Sanders. I want to add to that. I went and looked. Even the games that Baker Mayfield had big, big games. Nick Chubb still had, still put up twenty plus fantasy points for you. He was he still in big games. What that offense runs through Nick Chubb. I, I fully expect them to re-sign him to a long-term contract. As I stated in the article I wrote, um, you know, he is my number eight overall running back, and um, uh, for but but what I was saying is, you know, we he doesn't get what we want him to get in the passing game, but those big runs that he breaks definitely more than makes up for it because he he's breaking 20, 30, 40 plus runs for touchdowns almost every other game. Yeah, but you have to rely on that. And if you're going to rely on that, you should be relying on the other player that's doing it as frequently, if not more frequently in Derrick Henry, right? Yet y'all are being very disrespectful because we have Derrick Henry at 10. I'm the one here with the Derrick Henry truth. And I guess at number eight, I thought I was going to be a lower one, but then you got Eric coming in here at 11 Keenan at 10. How can you guys say, well, what's wrong? How can you sit here and defend Chubb with everything you're saying, but not defend Henry? Who's going to get a hundred. I just told you 130 more carries. Yeah. Chubb missed a couple games, but Derrick Henry's getting 300 carries. Because I believe one is going to be doing it for another three to four years. And one is going to be only be doing it for another one, maybe two years. You know the Titans have an out on Henry's contract after this season, right? Oh, if, I agree. If things fall through, if they don't want to go forward with Ryan Tannehill, if they get rid of Tannehill, they're they're cutting Henry. They're, there's no reason to keep Henry around if you're going to yeah, rebuild. Henry's 27, Chubb's 25. Well, Chubb will be 26 soon, but they are keeping Tannehill. I agree with that, but I, I think Henry's Henry. No matter where the hell he goes, He's going to be great because uh, offensive line for Tennessee was nowhere near what it was in 2019 this past year, and, and we obviously saw what Derrick Henry was still able to do. You know, we need yeah. and, we, and 2020 Chubb, Chubb, player of the Chubb, year. Is Alex is bringing back up. You know, and Chubb just turned 25. Him. Chubb <laughs> just turned 25 at the end of December. Freaking Henry and Chubb. Oh, that's what it was, Eric. I'm sorry, you're right. Wasn't Henry and Chubb that almost won close of the league again in your in your league? Almost is the key word. Yeah. Almost. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I love Henry. Uh, I have him at eight. Uh, I have him right above Miles Sanders, who I will talk about. I know I didn't get to defend why I have Sanders over uh, Zeke and and Chubb. 
But, uh, yeah, that's where it is with Derrick Henry. I just think, like you said, with Chubb, the offense runs through Chubb in Cleveland. The offense runs through Henry in Tennessee. Uh, I'm not very worried at all about Arthur Smith leaving. I think that no matter what, Mike Vrabel is going to keep giving Henry the ball because he's just fantastic. Um, let me talk about Miles Sanders. He doesn't make our top 12 at all. I have him as nine. You know, you two other scrubs don't even have him in your top 12. I'm very disappointed in both of you. I wanted to have him higher. I just I couldn't get him there just yet. Uh, but Miles Sanders ahead of Zeke. I have him ahead of Chubb. I have him ahead of Dobbins. He's going to get the ball in Philly. I don't care about Boston Scott. I don't care about whatever else that offense wants to do because they're going to run it through Miles Sanders. I know Sirianni, like I said, is the, the wide receiver whisperer, but the best guy they have right now is Rager, who I'm hoping is going to take a next step. But Miles Sanders is going to be the extension of the run game. He's going to be helping them out in the pass game. Jalen Hurts, I know he runs the ball and he doesn't check down very often, but I think they're going to be able to get that system a little bit more fine-tuned. I, I feel like this is the same conversation we had last year. Miles Sanders it's is going to be. Philly's going to do this. They're going to make Miles Sanders do this. Sanders is going to get this. Sanders is going to get that, and they haven't done it yet, Antonio. Well, big big thing, Doug Peterson's gone. That, oh, that's I mean, the big thing. The oh, guy who I mean, loved, who was a natural running back carousel. But it, also at the same point, though, like Miles Sanders, he only played 12 games. You got to remember that. He missed four games. He had, and he had almost the near same production. I'm sorry, better production on near same amount of touches. So the guy's fantastic. We Remember, I complained. I complained in the offseason. He only had six, six touchdowns. He's not getting the ball enough in the red zone. They're not throwing the ball enough. And what does he do? He comes out and he gets six touchdowns on the ground. He didn't get any through the air, but they threw the ball a lot less to him. Um, again, on the 12-game pace, he would have been better. But he had 164 yards on the ground, 164 touches on the ground, 5.3 yards per attempt. The guy's efficient as hell. And I think that he's going to finally show that he needs to be a top five talent in this league. Uh, I just don't have him there yet, but I think he's going to be the workhorse for them. And you guys, you know, I get, I love my Miles Sanders. He showed, man, the two game, two seventy plus yard receptions. I mean, he is very, very talented. I'm a big fan too. I like him. Uh, just no, no, no. It, the it, question it, marks that what's going to happen. Let let Antonio go for another half hour on Miles Sanders. We'll get it. Out, we'll get out of his system. Then I'll trade him to him. Yeah. I mean, I I like Miles Sanders too. I I mean, you can't you can't like I said. It's easy. It's easy to use hindsight, and I am I am ranking them the way the the way their roster their teams have had developed their rosters right now, or the way they call plays until they until Philly decides that they're going to run that offense from Al Sanders. I can't put them at top twelve. I'm sorry. Yeah, and you're not going to know that yet because they don't even have a damn quarterback to figure it out or didn't even figure out their own quarterback. So it, it makes sense that we didn't we didn't know that part just yet. Um, number 11, J.K. Dobbins, our third, fourth rookie coming up now. Uh, we talked again a bit about him earlier uh, cracking. Well, our fifth rookie, Gibson, will run our top 12. But yeah, D uh, Dobbins and Gibson, we talked a lot about them. Uh, we don't need to rehash it too much. But uh, let me just recap our top 12 for our running backs. So it's CMC, Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor, Elvin Kamara, Delvin Cook, Cam Akers, DeAndre Swift, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick Chubb, Derek Henry, J.K. Dobbins, and Antonio Gibson. Whew. Mouthful of running backs today. Sure was. I will sure say, was. though, um, you know, there were, there were times where we're like, oh, I can't believe you didn't have this guy this high, this guy this high, but... I think for the next couple of years, 
we're going to have a, a nice kind of group at running back as opposed to recent years. Whereas everyone was so sure they had to draft, you know, two running backs right off the bat. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, we're going to have the top 20 running backs here are going to be looking a lot better than they have in the past. All right. Two, two things I want to get to before we, uh, we, uh, finish the show. Uh, we had a question come in on Twitter. Uh, which running back outside the top 12 this year do you guys think makes it in the top 12? Um, that's Ooh, from, who'd that question come from? From uh, Pulps, uh, Jeremy Popelar. Um, Ooh. And the, the only reason I bring this up is I think for me is Miles Sanders. I have him outside of my t- top 12, and I think he can squeeze in the top 12 after this year. You repeat that question? I'm sorry. Which running back outside the top 12 this year do you guys think makes it in the top 12? I got, th- I got like three or four of them. Um, well, let's make it quick. My, yeah, but no, no, my number one, I guess I would say is Josh Jacobs. You know, he already was, I think he was like six or seven thirty this year. Um, and yeah, I think he could easily get there in the honorable mentions, I guess. Definitely James Robinson and Joe Mixon. Yeah, Miles Sanders, obviously easy for me. Another one I think I'll mention Austin Eckler. Yeah, Sanders. Um, he had, like you said, Keenum over a thousand yards, almost would have had could have had a thousand yard rushing pace, had a hell of a lot of catches when he came back. So I think Eckler could squeeze in being PPR. Yeah. And then the last thing I want to get to before we uh leave is uh didn't you guys make a trade? We did. We're gonna bring it back for 2021, the mafia market. Uh Eric and I Yeah, I gotta put a poll on Twitter or something and see what people actually think on this side because you get nervous there was some there was some no i i'm i'm fine with that I'm, you know whatever i'm i actually think i'm gonna be the one that's gonna get a lot of backlash we might as well so, put it really? on, we'll put it on twitter after the show but, all right so we got a 10 team yeah i know it's 10 team shut up 10 team uh dynasty What's ppr wrong? league what are we 12 team now <laughs> anyways eric and i finally made a trade it's been a little while uh, but it was Michael Thomas and a 22 second for Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool. And I gave up the rookie or the young for, and I got Michael Thomas. Yeah, and our and league this, this... thought mm-hmm. Eric got the uh, losing end of the trade, and I actually didn't think I was winning that trade sending it. No offense to that league, but they they don't very value players the way the way a lot of you know fantasy experts do the community but, yeah, yeah the community yeah but i thought it was Home pretty great i think i think it's a risk reward for both of you i think you're getting michael thomas who is one of the best wide receivers in the game but who's their quarterback and we mm-hmm. talked about Alan kamara and and what he did with hill but same thing with michael thomas and is he going to be healthy this year he had he battled some injuries and then in your case, Eric, you're getting Claypool. He had a great rookie season. But, I mean, Juju Johnson. Um, what's, Eric, what's he talking about? Eric, uh, you got Juju and Devontae Johnson there, and you still have an aging Ben Roethlisberger throwing the ball there. And it- well, I, see, that's the thing. is, I, I firmly believe Juju won't be a Pittsburgh Steeler uh, I agree. next year. I, I agree, too. Um, agree. And then they, they – um, they, they signed get, Big Ben for next year, so he, he should be back next year. Re, re, and and re, with that, Claypool, I think, is going to ascend into the wide receiver one there, which – You would hope so. I mean, for showing what he did this year uh, – he, he won't be the wide receiver one. Deontay Johnson uh, will continue to be the wide receiver one. 
It, but he better catch those room. balls or else Big Ben ain't going to throw him the ball. Well, that's the, there's enough room. Um, but, well, yes, Keenan, thanks for reminding me. They did just restructure Big Ben. So now they hit – they contract. made $16 million in $16 million in cap space. They can tr- they can resign Juju. It's and it's a league where we just added, you know, last se- offseason we added an extra flex spot. You know, I was struggling with What's some depth. What was the other wide receiver you got? Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool. Or oh, who, got, who else do oh, I have? Got, no, you got – okay, I didn't know you got Juju too. Okay. I mean, I but I'm that. adding them. I already I already have C.D. Lamb and D.K. Metcalf yeah. and Cooper. I Maybe think it's not, a trade. Know, I, Risk yeah, I, I was I'm loaded at running back at wide receiver, so I I was like I'm gonna make a, a two for one to upgrade my wide receiver. I'm trying to get uh, some Devonte Adams from Scoots. We'll see. Um, yeah, good one. But but also no, but also uh, I didn't even think about this till now. Aaron Jones might be a Pittsburgh Steeler. Why you say that? They're freeing up cap room. What's their really big hole they're missing right now? It's a running back. And if they don't throw the ball, they don't throw the ball very far. But Ben wasn't really able to, right? Remember at the beginning of the year, first eight to ten games, they threw a lot of quick slants, short, short balls. Wow, my, oof. Anyway, sorry. And that's what I think is going to happen with Aaron Jones is you know have him run some routes, get him the ball. So that could be real interesting. A lot of questions to be answered next couple weeks. A lot, a lot of questions. Before. This is why I don't make moves till. Oh, uh, quit it. Uh, <laughs> Well, that's going to wrap up uh, the episode for this week. Glad to be back. Uh, next week, we're going to be wrapping up some uh, – we're going to be recapping our sophomore wide receivers as well as our top 12 wide receivers. And then our free agency is coming up the week after that. So we'll have a nice free agency episode. Anything kind of coming in between, if there's any trades, any major things, maybe we'll try to hop on quick for any emergency pods. Make sure you're checking out the website, uh, DynastyMafiaPodcast.network. Uh, we're, again, trying to get some articles out there. We can see the website. We'll have the videos as well. Check us out on YouTube, YouTube.com slash DynastyMafiaPodcast. And uh, other than that, follow us on Twitter at DynastyMafia underscore FF. You can follow all of us. You can see us right here. Um, Mafia out.